This is Clothes Making Mavens, a sewing podcast about handmade fashion. Hi, Lori here. Welcome to the Clothes Making Mavens podcast. Do you love to sew? Wait, don't answer that. Of course you do. That's why you're here. But do you also love to read? Today's episode is a treat for those who love to sew and read. We're chatting with Melanie Kindrichuk, a self-described sewing librarian. Melanie blogs about sewing at followingthethread.ca, and she blogs about books at The Indextrious Reader. She's putting her two passions together to launch a literary sew-along for the sewing community, a kind of book club and sew-along which Melanie will tell us all about in this episode. We're also going to chat about sewing ideas from the first book on Melanie's roster and discuss other books that are full of sewing inspiration. I hope you enjoy, and don't forget to tell us about the books that you would love to see on Melanie's list for the next Literary Sew-Along. Hi, Helena. How are you today? Great. How are you, Lori? Good. And uh, we have Melanie joining us. Hello, Melanie. How's it going? Good. Hi there. Thanks for getting in touch, Melanie. It was really great to hear from you. And um, well, you had emailed uh, Helena to say, ooh, I was inspired by something I heard on your podcast and you wanted to take action based on that. Can you tell us a little bit about what that was? Sure. Um, I was binge listening to a lot of the back episodes while I was sewing and something you said really struck me. Um, You had talked about the idea of different sew-alongs and then said it would be a great idea if someone did a literary sew-along. And since I'm a sewing librarian, um, that really caught my attention. And I thought, um, this is something I've been thinking about for a while. Why don't I just do it? Amazing. I'm I'm delighted because (laughs) I really love that idea. And I thought, should I start one? Oh, God, the amount of work that... So thank you, Melanie. (laughs) I'm really happy you want to go forward with this. So that's, that's really exciting. So you're a librarian by profession and also, you know, big into sewing, obviously, right? That's right. All right. Well, why don't you tell us about your idea for how this literary so long might, might, how would this go? Okay. Well, first of all, I thought, oh, great. We can do one every couple of months. And then I started thinking, um, no, uh, that's probably a little overambitious <laughs> to begin with um, because I do run some other reading challenges um, that have nothing to do with sewing. I know that giving people enough time to comfortably read and participate is important. Um, So how the literary sew-along is going to work is we will choose a book, um, announce that book, and have about six weeks to read the book, to have some book discussions, because I'm hoping it's kind of a literary book club and sew-along. So as we're reading the book and having some discussions, hopefully you'll find some inspiration um, for some kind of project that you would like to make based on the book. And hopefully that will be something very... Um, based on your own interests, because what I'd like is it for, for it to be a creative process for everyone. So whatever we're reading, you can take whatever you like out of that book. And as long as you can say why you're inspired by the book in this project, you can add it to the link up at the end of the six weeks of the book club part of the sew along. Then we'll have a couple of weeks for people to put their link ups and then we'll share it all and then start it again whenever we're ready for another one. It sounds like so much fun. Yeah, that's even better than I thought it would be because um, we get to read the book along. Is mm-hmm. that what you're, you were thinking? Yeah, yep. that sounds so good. 
So I've been a member of a book club before Mm -hmm. and also the organizer of a book club. And I honestly wanted to poke my own eyes out with my knitting needles organizing that book club. Sometimes it was like pulling teeth. I mean, it was so much fun to have it, but, you know, just deciding on the books and and so on. So I guess this is going to be kept pretty simple in terms of whether people want to read the book or not and then whether they want to participate. I guess the discussion will be online. Is that how you see it working out? Yep, I will be posting um, regular posts on my blog. Um, So I was thinking about four authors who are still with us, maybe an author interview, um, some inspiration posts for us to discuss the book and what we think about it. Um, Now, if people have already read the book a long time ago, or if they just want to participate in the sewing part and don't want to read the book again, that's fine. I want it to be really open and really creative for everyone. And I do actually run our book club program at the library that I work at. So um, I'm really, really used to picking books. And I also see that the, I have over 34 book clubs that I work with. So I see a lot of book choices. So it gives me a lot of inspiration about books that might be good for a group read and and things that we might all enjoy talking about and sewing from. Great. Well, tell us about what's on your, what's on your list. What, uh, what would be some good books that we might get some great sewing inspiration out of? Well, there's, of course, a lot of books that have sewing as a part of the story, like The Dressmaker or um, The Dress in the Window, which is a brand new book that's just coming out. looks really exciting. Uh, a lot to do with sewing. Um, there's... I think I've... I've heard... Is The Dressmaker, is that the one that was turned into a movie with yep. Kate Winslet? That's right. Yep. Okay, so, if so you, I saw the movie. If you watched movie, the yeah. movie and you, and you liked it, that might be something to inspire you. Um, there's a novel by... Erin McKean, who runs the blog Address a Day, she wrote a, a really wonderful novel about a vintage dress store. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's another thing about, about the stories that the clothes in a vintage store have. And there's a few more like that out there. So there's there's books that are specifically tied to sewing and to craft um, themes that I think would be really fun. But I also think just some classics that you might not have got around to reading or some current um, fiction even if they're not specifically about someone who's a dressmaker or sewer or a crafter, there's a lot of inspiration that we can still take from them and hopefully um, come up with some really neat ideas to, to share with each other. Right. Helena, have you read any books that are specifically based around sewing and crafting? No, I haven't. But that dressmaker uh, movie was on my list of things to see. It looks good. And I, you know, any kind of period pieces, right? It's a period piece. Right. Yeah. So what era was it? It was like 1950s? Uh, I think Australia? it was about 50s. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of mixed opinion on that one. Some people really loved it. Some people really, really didn't like it. So that would be something interesting to explore as well about what parts of it you liked and why you didn't like it. All those kind for of things sure. make for great discussions. So I, yeah. I don't shy away from a book that has uh, strong opinions on the other side. Oh, yeah, that's always fun. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't read the book, but I did see the movie on it. It was just like in the airplane selection when I was on a flight once. And I thought, oh, <laughs> the dressmaker. OK, sign me up. And I also love Kate Winslet. I think she's a fabulous actress. Mm-hmm, uh, and it was real eye candy watching that film because, you know, the premise of the film is um, she's a dressmaker that's just moved home to a small town in Australia after living in, was it Paris or I forget exactly, but in in Europe somewhere. Uh, And she starts to sort of transform the women of this backwater type town by tailoring, tailoring them these gorgeous 
couture style gown. So it's uh, quite a lot of eye candy, not to mention the, uh, the, the male love interest is also a bit of eye candy in there for sure. So that was nice. Yeah, that Excellent. Makes it, Excellent. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But sometimes I find that books that are specifically about sewing or crafting can be uh, a little bit twee, if you know what I mean, a little bit. I almost feel like publishers are like, oh, we have this genre and it's fiction geared towards women who craft. And sometimes I feel like uh, it's a little bit fluffy. Yes, I I do find that also, especially with a lot of the books um, set in like knitting stores or things like that. Sometimes they they do seem a little bit... um, unchallenging for the reader Um, so what I'm hoping is we can have a lot of variety and we can find uh, what people like and if people want to suggest books for the future that would be great too I do have uh, our first lineup sort of ready and I'm hoping that that we'll get lots of feedback on them all right well are you willing to divulge the the starting lineup Yes, indeed. Um, One of the best books that I can think of for fall reading and for this time of the year is Ray Bradbury's Something Wicked This Way Comes. Uh, One of my favorite books, really, in the horror genre. I can't read very horror, full horror. (laughs) I need something that's kind of creepy, but it's not going to keep me up at night. And I think this is a classic um, that has so much atmosphere and so much inspiration uh, to work with that I cho- I'm choosing this book for our first read-along. So it's kind of a crossover between horror and fantasy, really, I think. So I, ca- I see where you're coming from in terms of it not being like absolutely horrifying, but just kind of spine-tinglingly creepy. So can you tell us a little bit about the plot of the book and uh, where you see, you know, have you, has it inspired already some ideas for sewing for you, Melanie? Well, I I really love Ray Bradbury's writing in general, and I've read most of his work. This is one of his only novels. Um, He's really well known for his style. Um, It's a very uh, lush style. He uses lots of description. He uses language and really plays with language. So he really evokes an atmosphere. And in uh, in this book, Something Wicked This Way Comes, it's about two young boys who are just on the cusp of 14, um, which is kind of what he likes to write, that nostalgic... uh, the nostalgic look at childhood. So the fall is coming. It's, Halloween's just about here. And then in the middle of the night, a mysterious carnival rolls into town and they want to find out what's going on with this mysterious carnival that's arrived a week before Halloween, Cougar and Darks. Um, the, the owners, especially Mr. Dark, are very, very much the mustache twirling villain um he's really mysterious there's a very spooky tattooed man there's all sorts of circus freaks and there's this magical carousel that uh, i don't want to give away it's it's secret power but it's pretty spooky and these boys are trying to figure out is growing up worth it what is the meaning of life what makes life valuable all of these big themes um, in a very spooky and readable and fun uh, novel I think that gives a lot a lot of inspiration in terms of the descriptions of the carousel of autumn of night of storms of um, one of the boy's fathers works in a library so that's very inspiring for me the scenes in the (laughs) library um, which are also quite terrifying so there's a lot in it that I think you could pull out a lot of different things and I, I think it would be a really fun book to read together. So, Helena, have you thought about what sort of um, sewing might uh, be inspired through this book for you? Yeah, I was thinking um, 
since I just read the summary and I haven't read the book, uh, I was excited about the carnival aspect of it because I have noticed that I want to wear color a lot. And I went actually shopping for clothes, which is um, a weird thing for me to do. But um, I've needed some things that I need quickly. So I it's went okay, shopping. It's okay, it's okay, Helena, I- we're not judging you. <laughs> I know, I hate admitting this on the podcast. Oh. <laughs> so um, I just noticed that I was really drawn to color and putting different colors together, not just sticking with like white and a color, black and a color. And so I was thinking about the carnival aspect of it. But now that I hear you describe the book, um, I thought... The darkness would be kind of an interesting aspect to dive into. Um, my favorite color is blue, and I think navy blue would be interesting or black. I don't know why. I'm I'm obsessed with color right now, um, more so than even style lines or, like, interesting patterns. I'm just really interested in color. And um, and so that, that brought that to mind to me that um, for fall, it would be really interesting to, to play with that. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's something with the, the carousel, which is a big part of the story, and whether there's some detail or some design feature from, you know, that carousel calls calls to mind. I could picture maybe like a really full gathered skirt that, That's you know, kind of what I was thinking motion. too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Something like a full skirt. That, yeah. with, and I think you could really use prints in a fun way. Um, you could use, you know, bright stripes, like you were saying, a lot of color, and, and the full skirt, mm-hmm. if you could find a nice print with some some um, carousel horses on it or some something like that it would be a lot of fun um, mm-hmm. to use that that inspiration yeah for sure now the book was written in 1962 or thereabouts I think so um, I wonder yep. if even just the uh, the fact that it was done in the 60s could also be part of the inspiration so for example I was thinking about just even the title something wicked this way comes well that's inspired by Shakespeare right mm-hmm. so that there's a whole other um, end of inspiration that you could take sort of going with Shakespearean route but um, so something wicked and from the early 60s and I'm thinking like the cultural zeitgeist in the 60s was all about you know the space race and um, uh, the fear of you remember the B movies from that era were all like oh we're being invaded by alien whatever you know tomatoes mm-hmm. or <laughs> you know, well, and swamp things exactly. but it was all sort of the fear of Russia and the mm-hmm. fear of um, of aliens and sometimes those were tied together so so that could also be the 60s culture and fashion exactly. could be part of that or a space age kind of design. And that's something that Bradbury's really known for also writing about space and writing about um, alien invasions mm. and all those kind of things. So mm-hmm. you could take it f- um, further into some of his other work if you're already familiar with him. Um, but also in the book, he describes um, one of the boys' mothers and then their teacher and their they're described very clearly as wearing those 60s kind of outfits, you know. So so there's there's so much description in the book that you could really pull out all of the things that appeal to you in it, I think. It'd be a lot of fun. Awesome. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Oh, sign yeah. me up. I love me a good 60s shift dress. I love that I was sort just of mod say, styling. Lori and I mm-hmm. are in the same, yeah, we are in this on the same track with those shift dresses. I love them yeah. so much. Yeah. And your latest yes. one was pretty spectacular, so I'd like to see another one. Oh, who, Helena or me? Uh, Lori, your latest one that you've just posted of the hand-dyed fabric that you made. It was oh, really yeah, the dyed. amazing. Yeah, that was so the, pretty. Yeah. Thank you. That was the paper-cut pattern skipper tunic. 
Yeah, and I hand dyed some uh, linen cotton blend with shibori techniques using natural indigo. And yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty darn pleased with that one myself too, if I do say so myself. <laughs> so be. yeah, thank you for that. Mm. Yeah, it does have a 60s feel because it's a mini skirt and it's sort of an A-line shift dress. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think um, maybe even that navy style inspiration is a little bit 60s-ish as well. Oh, yeah, yeah it exactly. is. Mm-hmm. That's true. All right, Helena, it sounds like we're going to rock this challenge. Okay, so that's the first book, mm-hmm. and we've got all kinds of ideas for that. Uh, what mm-hmm. else is on your list, Melanie? Well, I haven't decided on the final books for the next few yet, but some ideas I have um, was maybe we could read Hidden Figures together, the book that nonfiction book that inspired the movie. Um, I have just le- listened recently to a podcast um, called the Unravel Fashion Podcast. I don't know if you know that one. It's three fashion historians who've just started this podcast, and their episode from February was about hidden figures and about the costuming. And it's it was quite a short podcast, just um, I think it was 30 or 40 minutes long, but they really got into um, the plot and how the clothes supported the plot and the characters and some of the social as- aspects of the, of the costuming. So I thought that was pretty fantastic. The movie was fantastic, and so it might be fun mm-hmm. to read a nonfiction book together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just for people who may not have heard of the book or the movie, do you want to give us a quick summary of, of what that's all about? Sure. Hidden Figures, by uh, the book was written by Margot Lee Shetterly, and it's um, a, sort of, a, a biography, I guess you could call it. It's really a history of three women who were involved in NASA, um, three black women who were mathematicians and scientists at NASA uh, in the 60s, and they were amazing. <laughs> And they, they were not really recognized uh, for what they did, but they were just fabulous mathematicians and scientists and, and really powerful women. And the movie is so uplifting and, and powerful. And I just loved it so much that I've watched it twice already. And so I, I think everyone should watch it. It's so inspiring to see these women um, getting recognized for the work they did and Finally. Finally. Right? Yeah. yeah, this is one of the issues. And, and what a clever title, the idea oh, yeah. of the, the hidden figures. So, you know, so many layers of connotation to that title, the figures meaning the mathematicians behind what was going on at NASA, as well as, you know, you can think of the female figure uh, and that they were hidden, that they were buried, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. really, really interesting. Yeah, and something that was really wonderful about that was that um, one of the women, Catherine, who is the main, sort of the main character and, and the mathematician, she also made most of her own clothes in real life so to see to see that combination oh, yeah oh, I didn't know and that. so cool. and so for her and she was the one who's still alive and has been able to watch the movie and was apparently very delighted by the fact that they used a lot of her own wardrobe for the wardrobe so it was it's just so oh, cool. fascinating no kidding yeah. that's so cool I didn't know mm-hmm. about that yeah and you know it's it's not unusual to read blogs of women who are uh I, I'm not going to be able to think of them off the top of my head at the moment, but I know I've read blogs by sewers who are also physicists mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, chemistry professors or or mathematicians. And uh, a lot of them talk about how uh, sewing and knitting really kind of speaks to their... Um, how do you want to put it, like their sort of logically oriented mind where you have to try to structure something in a logical mm-hmm. way and make it work. And, and knitting is all about sort of counting up how this is going to turn out um, uh, yeah. and, um, you know, making patterns within those structures. Mm-hmm. So it, it seems to make a lot of sense that 
people who are into both of those things are into both of them. Exactly. And I have actually seen some libraries talking about um, giving classes in knitting as coding. So it, it's pretty neat to say that a knitting, knitting pattern yeah, is basically idea. code. So that, that's pretty exciting to see exactly. too. So, yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, if you ever look at a knitting chart, you could almost read it as a sort of old punch card mm -hmm. for uh, you know, some of the first computers. And uh, it, was, it was a woman who, who is credited with having invented Ada Lovelace, yep. right? Wasn't she yes. a very she early um, computer engineer, so to speak? Yeah, she was the one who, right. who took the idea from actually from the Jacquard looming process in, the, in, in Paris, the fabric weaving. She took that idea and used it to make the punch card idea. So it's, it's so intimately connected. It's fantastic. Perfect. Mm -hmm. I had I I hadn't made that connection before this very moment. Thank you for making that incredible connection for me. That makes me super excited. I just I love that that whole idea. So do I. So based on hidden figures, mm -hmm. then. Um, so uh, what era? What what decade are we talking then? Sixties. I yeah, it was the space race, right? So it was right. it was the sixties. Okay. So another sixties. Another sixties. That's right. I don't know. I'm I'm drawn to the sixties. I guess, but. Oh, for sure. I see that you could be inspired by the actual costuming of the movie. Um, you could be inspired mm -hmm. to make something modern in a math or science-oriented print. Or right, you know, right. You could so attribute to one of the women. There's a lot of different ways to pull out some great ideas um, out of that book, I think. And like you right, say, there's yeah. so many sewing scientists that uh, they, they can inspire us with some of their makes, too. For sure, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm thinking um, I recently made a skirt out of sort of planetary solar system type fabric. That could be, That was you know, pretty spectacular too. <laughs> it, oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you could you could have a lot of fun choosing different fabrics based on that mm -hmm. concept. I've seen some interesting... I'd love to get my hands on some fabric that is sort of like a matrix-style, um, uh, you know, code sort of falling oh, that down. Would be, you know, that would be the great. The matrix, that kind of thing. I would love that binary coding look on some fabric. That would be that really would be great. Really cool I've seen use. some DNA print and I'm really coveting some of that. That would be pretty neat too. So something like that might yeah. really tie in nicely to the science-based uh, themes of that book. Oh, yeah. I'm already having so much fun and you haven't even launched the literary so along yet. This is great. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear it. Okay, so what else, is, what else is on your list, Melanie? Well, I was thinking maybe some, something Canadian um, that is, I would say, our biggest Canadian classic, Anne of Green Gables. Um, if, you, if you haven't read it yet, you know it, it's Helena? time. Oh, yes. <laughs> So oh, yes. I am really fanatical about Lucy Maud Montgomery's writing, so I really want to share it. For anyone who hasn't read it, it's the story of a young girl who was an orphan who was adopted by a sister and brother on a farm in Prince Edward Island, kind of by accident when they intended to get a boy, but they keep her and she grows and changes the family and she changes her community by the power of her spirit and just her optimism and character. So it's it's just a wonderful, wonderful Canadian classic published in 1908. Um, so from that book, I see there's a lot of directions you could go because Anne is always getting into all sorts of adventures. So any of those adventures could give you an idea of something to make. Um, when she's playing, I think it's the Lady of Shalott, and she almost drowns. Um, you know, she's mm -hmm. she's dressed in medieval clothing. You could be inspired by that. Um, when she likes to call herself Cordelia and be a fine Victorian lady, you might want to uh, take something of that. The setting is really Edwardian, so or just pre-Edwardian. So there's a lot of those kind of 
um, patterns that you can find if you like sort of the rep reproduction patterns through um, f who does it past patterns, folkware, things like that. You might want to make something that's directly more historical. You might want to modernize something like that. Um, and of course, Anne covets puff sleeves. It's a big theme in the book. She just wants a dress with puff that's sleeves. Right. That's she's just desperate <laughs> that's right. for it. And you know, it's the year of the sleeve, according to the runway. So absolutely, you know, very timely. You could just be inspired and make your own version of puff sleeves. So again, just take the inspiration that you like. Mm. Helena, are those books that you've read with your your daughters? I haven't read them with my daughters, but. Um, what with the new uh, series that just came out and I was going to watch that with my daughters and then I watched the series and it was a little too intense I think for so, my um, sensitive girls so uh, that reminded me that I need to read the books with them so right. I guess yeah. that's yeah. gonna gonna just get added to our list for sure I guess they're timeless classics Melanie are Absolutely. you finding that that you know they just last and last for you know they, they don't seem to go out of style per se no never Never. Um, Anne of Green Gables has never been out of print, so it's one of those books that is as a perennial. And I think some of her other writing is doesn't. I, I think it's all equally wonderful. Um, some of it though doesn't doesn't hold as well with people. But I think Anne of Green Gables, as the first one, has the strongest character that everyone just loves. Anne. There's a obviously a big tourist industry built up around Anne, so right. there's this sort of invested uh, interest in keeping her as a symbol of, of Canadian writing, and uh, mm -hmm. and this new series, like you say, um, people are always trying to reinvent the story of Anne, and, and I agree, it's a little bit old, older audience, perhaps, a little bit into the grittier sides of Anne's life, but if you watch mm -hmm. the the version with Megan Follows, it's a little bit sweeter and, and less... Um, less intense it doesn't go into the the darker sides of the story as much right so. I couldn't get a hold of that though that's ah. what I thought so I started okay. watching the series and I I thought that I was going to watch it with the girls and then um I realized I couldn't and then I tried to get a hold of the the older version mm -hmm. that was like a mini series mm -hmm. wasn't it yes it was and I could not figure out how to get a hold of it like instantly you know Mm -hmm. stream it somehow so I'm gonna have to do some more work on that but uh, but actually what it what it really boiled down to is I thought I should read the books with the girls you know which yeah, we it's always a joy we're in the middle yeah. of Harry Potter but um <laughs> in 10 years when we're done with those books we can move on to well there's a whole incredible set of inspiration right there for Harry Potter that would be really interesting to do a, an inspired so along from that mm -hmm. oh I'm already doing inspired so alongs <laughs> from that because the girls are obsessed with it so I'm constantly being asked about robes and then we went to Universal Studios oh, wow. and they're asking for you know an arm and a leg for their robes so I was like uh no we will not be purchasing that but that's a fun project for for us to do together so that's that's an ongoing uh so along in our household Oh, that sounds great. So, so far we've talked about um, all books that have been made into some kind of movie or television show or so. So in a way, it's maybe almost kind of cheating because we have that visual. And in fact, I did want to mention the fact that um, uh, you both might be aware of this, but there's a... Um, uh, so the show, mm -hmm. which is an initiative that I think it's Becca from freenotion.com and Katie from uh, the Creative Counselor. Uh, oh, and mm -hmm. it's been around for a while, sort of off and on. But the idea is that uh, you could pick as a group a show that you want to sew. So let's all decide on The Walking Dead and then sew things that are inspired by that or whatever. But um, 
So it was interesting to read through some of the posts that have come through that. So for example, Becca, uh, whose blog I love, uh, freenotion.com, she sewed an off-the-shoulder blouse, uh, which was inspired by Dorothy's outfit in The Wizard of Oz. And so you can picture Dorothy's outfit. It's sort of like a an overall style dress with a gathered skirt and it's blue gingham, right? And then of course she's got her beautiful uh, ruby red slippers. But um, the thing that Becca zeroed in on was at the hem of Dorothy's skirt, there is an inset strip of fabric that is cut on the bias. So it's on an angle to the rest of the gingham. And it's just this tiny little detail. And I was surprised she even saw it. I mean, she must have been sort of pausing that video and rewinding and zooming in. And so she just used that little bias detail on the blouse that she sewed. So it wasn't gingham and it wasn't, you know, Dorothy looking, but but she was just inspired by that particular detail and uh, and used that as her inspiration for Sew the Show. So I just wanted to mention that as a sort of, you know, any little detail could be the inspiration for, for what you sew. Right? Exactly. I'm hoping people will be creative and, and not feel constrained by trying to be completely um, inspired word for word, but to just, just to take their creativity and, and run with it. Um, and I didn't know about so the show, so I'm gonna have to explore it now. So, yeah, yeah. I was um, I was trolling around the internet trying to see if there had been a literary sew along, and I feel like the last time I looked into it months ago, I came across some little clue that someone had done something like this before, um, uh, but couldn't find it this time. But I do know that there has been one that was uh, inspired by kids' books. Okay. Oh yes, I remember that one. Mm-hmm. Have you have you seen that one, Helena? I have. Yeah, yeah, that that's cute. I think that I've I've called most of my uh, kids sewing blogs off my blog reader, but for a while there, <laughs> I was into it. I yeah, the girls won't let me sew um, cutesy stuff for them anymore, so I had to stop. You know, because that was just torturing me when I was reading the the kids sewing blogs, and then I would get the veto from from both girls, like no. Aww. You oh, can't that's do that. Too bad. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Unless I'm going to start wearing the frilly stuff. And <laughs> right. I just found in my messy notes here, it was Katie from No Big Dill. And the, the it was called Once Upon a Thread. And they did it in 2011, I think, which was a so long based on, on kids' books. So I saw someone had done the big yellow hat from Curious, Curious George, George and that sort of thing. So that's it was super wonderful. cute. Well, the only kind of literary so long I found when I was looking ahead also was the um, monthly contests at Pattern Review. They did do one mm-hmm. um, inspired by a book, was that last year or the year before, that I participated in. And um, that was a lot of fun. But again, it's a Pattern Review contest, so it's just a short, um, short-term yeah. contest. So not, not an ongoing right. program. So. So what was your entry for that? Um, I made a dress out of marbled marbled fabric. It's kind of like the end papers. Found some brown suede for the for the yoke and the waistband and then put some shiny gold piping in to look like the cover of a fancy book, which was a lot of fun, except that I discovered that metallic piping is really, really pokey on the inside. So <laughs> if, you, if you do Ouch. use it, make Bummer. sure you cover the inside um, with some, <laughs> like cover it up with some fabric because otherwise you will walk around getting poked by piping all day. So fair warning. <laughs> So, yeah, I've noticed any kind of metallic, if there's any kind of metallic threads or anything in your fabric, it will be uncomfortable. I I noticed that too. It's very sad. I noticed that 
to my uh, dismay one time when I was, it was not possible to go back and line that garment. So I just oh, well, that's too bad. never wore it. I just sewed bias strips over the inside um, piping edges because I didn't want to have to oh, start all over. Yeah, no, <laughs> so, sewing bias, that's a really that's, good idea. Yeah. So, good idea. Yeah. Um, one of my very favorite books ever is The Poisonwood Bible by Barbara Kingsolver. Mm -hmm. Have oh, either of you yep. read it? Yes. I have. Yeah. So um, it's fairly old. I mean, it was sort of like late 90s, I think she published mm -hmm. it. Um, but I just thought it was fabulous. I thought it was a masterwork. I've read a lot of other Barbara King Solver, Solver novels. Uh, and I just feel like nothing she's written before or since really matched this. It was just an epic masterwork. And it's about a family, a Baptist minister from the United States who traveled to what was then known as the Belgian Congo in 1959. So this was right before the Belgian Congo fought and won their independence from Belgium. Uh, and it's the story of this Baptist minister and his wife and their four daughters. Uh, and the book is written, each chapter is written from a different person's perspective. So King Solver writes a chapter from the perspective of the oldest daughter and then from the youngest daughter, who is only, I think, about five or six, uh, and then from the mother, etc. So as you read through the book, you're constantly getting this very different style of narration through that person's point of view, which is which is wonderful. And um, so just because it's my favorite book, I wanted to mention it here today. And, and uh, of course, because it's set in Central Africa. Uh, it's now called the Democratic Republic of Congo since it was uh, Belgian Congo. Um, there's some beautiful African fabrics that could be used uh, to sew just about anything. Mm -hmm. Have either of you heard of SewV.com? So um, that is Victoria from SewV, S-E-W-V-E-E. -E -E. She makes um, almost everything that she sews out of African wax print fabric. Oh, wow. So and it's beautiful. just to die for. So her latest post, she called it the Guinevere dress. And it's a 1970s inspired dress with long flowing sleeves. And I guess the reason she called it the Guinevere dress is because the sleeves and the, the length of the dress are really sort of King Arthur kind of vibe. But it's done in an, in an African wax print. So I love the idea that it's combining all of these different, um, you know, King Arthur, you could do... Um, the book could be, um, what is it, The Mists of Avalon? Oh, yes. Right? So, right. so inspiration from that book crossed with inspiration from books uh, written about or in, or in Africa and pulling it all together in that one dress is pretty cool. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I need to check mm. that blog out. I haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just absolute eye candy, definitely. Like these incredibly colorful prints, wax, um, African wax prints, amazing. Cool. That's really fantastic. Well, I didn't even realize that the first three books I mentioned had um, been made into movies. Maybe that was unconsciously um, shaping my, my ideas of the books, for sure. But an another resource that I've seen that I um, through my book blogging, mostly, um, is a blog called Clothes in Books. That's the name of it. It's mm -hmm. just clothesinbooks at blogspot.com. Um, she is a fabulous book reviewer, and she has a focus on fashion as seen through books. So she shares mostly vintage books, so she has lots of golden age mysteries and things like that. Um, and she talks about the clothes in the books, has lots of um, vintage images, and talks about the sort of the history behind why they would be wearing this, or explaining what some piece of clothing is that we might not recognize now, things like that. She also has some series. Um, my favorite one, I think, is Dress Down Sundays, where she always features underwear. 
and undergarments <laughs> from various clothes. So it's a lot of fun, and she's very funny, and she has a group of book reviewers, and they, they talk about all sorts of books, and she posts a lot. So if you like a lot of images and a lot of ideas about clothes as they show up in books, that's a great blog. It's a lot of fun, and I read it a lot, actually. Oh, something new to follow. Thanks yeah. for the tip. That sounds she's, great. She's not a sewer. She's on the book blog side of things, but it's really a lot of fun to see what she finds. Right. Do you knit at all, Melanie? Um, very badly. Um, so, <laughs> so no. Fair enough. No, not really. My sister knits and my mother crochets, and they're both so good at it that I think I was always um, feeling that I would never match up, so I just focused on my sewing <laughs> so right so, you're just not going to go down that no, route trying to compete with no, them right absolutely yeah. and every time I try to knit something it ends up so that I my needles don't move anymore because my tension is so tight so I've, I've yeah I've given it up <laughs> so yeah the reason I was asking is because uh there is a book called literary knits and it contains 30 patterns that were designed uh in, inspired by favorite books uh so this was um written by Nicole Lore, and it was published in 2012. And so it contains things like, um, one of my favorites from the book is called the Gregor sweater. And it's a sweater that has, uh, it's like an Icelandic style sweater with a pattern around the yoke. Mm -hmm. And the pattern around the yoke is a bunch of beetles. <laughs> and it was inspired by, I don't know, Melanie, I'll ask you if you can guess from those clues so the gregor mm -hmm. sweater and it's beetles around the yoke can you guess what well, that would be classic that would be kafka yeah <laughs> i'm blanking out on the title right now nice metamorphosis i can't believe it yes that's the one yes ah, yes <laughs> ding 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 you both win a prize fantastic well done yeah the metamorphosis so if you're not familiar with the book it's uh, the main character gregor like slowly just turns into a giant beetle um, <laughs> so I love this idea of the sweater with the beetles on the yoke. And uh, so other things that are in this, this book include the Ishmael fisherman's sweater. Oh, that's great. From Moby, Moby Dick. Dick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Moby Dick, of course. Yeah. So, um, and then there's things like, uh, I'm forgetting off the top of my head, but, um, like Jane Austen novels and things like that, you know, mm -hmm. um, that's always good for inspiration. Mm -hmm. So, so for any knitters out there, that's uh, definitely something and for, I think there's from the book. I think there's also a knitting book, um, with patterns inspired by the outlander. That's sort of ringing a bell oh, in my head. Yeah, that would be so beautiful. scarves and shawls and things. Yeah. That, yeah, I would like to knit, yeah. but I'm terrible at it. So <laughs> I don't, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We'll stick to sewing. Yep. Uh, anything else on your list, Melanie? Um, well, well, there is another Canadian book that I was just thinking today would be a great addition to a literary soul long. It's called The Painted Girls. It's by Kathy Marie Buchanan. And I think it would be great because it's set in the Belle Epoque in Paris, in the ballet world. Mm -hmm. And it's about two young sisters who fall on hard times and have to become ballet dancers, which wasn't necessarily a respectable profession then because what they were doing was trying to find rich benefactors to keep them. Um, but the reason I think it would be so fantastic as a literary inspiration for sewing is because the youngest girl finds a benefactor, but it's Degas, the um, artist. And so she's the inspiration for his famous sculpture, The Little Dancer. Um, so there's a lot about the ballet oh. world, about Paris and the ballet park. Mm -hmm. um, their mother is a laundress. So there's actually stuff about fabrics and textiles in the book as well and I think that's all because the author is also 
someone who sews. She's made some of her ball gowns for some of the gala book events that she's attended, and she shares those on her blog. So I think some of that shows up in her novels. Um, so it was a, it was a very popular book club book, and um, oh, cool. I think it would make a really interesting inspiration. Yeah, that sounds good. So many different levels of, mm-hmm. of inspiration coming from that. I mean, anything related right. to Paris, you know, you can find all kinds of fabrics that have Parisian you know, motifs on them and, uh, and ballet inspired. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, you know, if you ever wanted to make a tutu, that would be the time to do it. Um, <laughs> you could make a bodysuit, like using the netty right. um, bodysuit pattern by closet case um, patterns. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of French designers. So if you wanted to try out some of the, some of the French designers for the first time, that might be an inspiration for that as well. Oh, that's good. Opinion. Yeah, a recent favorite of mine is uh, Vanessa Pouzet patterns. I don't know if either of you are familiar with her. Yeah, I made her eagle jacket. Okay. Oh, that's right. It was so beautiful. It was a really great make. Yeah, she's thanks, got thanks. some beautiful patterns yeah. on her site. Um, yeah. Some of them are available also in English, but um, some of them are French only. But if you know, if you don't need the step-by-step instructions, then you could probably piece them together, even if you don't read French. But love her her designs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, trying to think of this. There's another French design uh, pattern, indie pattern company, um, Orages, I think it is. Okay. Oh yeah, um, I don't know them. Do you know that one, Helena? I yeah, I've I've heard of it. I um, I tend to skip by those because I don't speak French, <laughs> not even close. <laughs> but do you have some a bit of uh, knowledge about French um, with being over in Canada on that side? the country? Yeah, for me, it's it's not a problem. I studied French in school, oh, and so thing. I certainly have enough to, to read that. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if Orages comes in English um, I don't think instructions does. or not. Oh. Yeah, okay, well, yeah, we can <laughs> I, check into that and, and, and add it to our show notes, but they have some okay. really interesting designs that I've, I've got, um, <laughs> hilariously, I've cut out this um, top out of silk, and I cut the silk when my scissors were kind of broken. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and if you if you've read my blog, you know that I'm like I'll just plow through. I don't stop to think things through. I'm just like need the instant sewing gratification. So there was like a, a catch on my scissors, so they weren't kind of closing all the way. And you should see. And of course, it's silk. Like how ridiculous! You have to be silk? so careful cutting out silk. And I'm like, no, 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 I can do this. And it's just like this jagged mess. So I'm waiting to sew it together and see if it will actually work. But I know that it's a a pattern from Orage's. I think it's called the Lisbon or Lisboa. Um, top. Oh, cool. But yeah, <laughs> we'll see if I can salvage it. I hope so. The only French um, patterns, I believe Dirondeau is, uh, is based in France, and I think they have English um, pattern instructions available in their patterns. But that's the only one yeah. I'm familiar with so yeah. far. And then there's Jalie from Montreal, oh, Canada, but they Jalie. do all of their patterns, certainly in, in both languages. So mm-hmm. yeah, so lots of mm-hmm. opportunities there. Great. I'm going to have to add that one to my reading list, too. I haven't read it. It sounds great. It is a good book. Any more, Melanie? Um, Well, I was also thinking about, because I was looking at clothes and books, the the blog, and she talks so much about mysteries, uh, that Agatha Christie would be a great inspiration. Um, The Murder on the Orient Express especially came to mind because there's so many characters in that book that have so many different styles. Mm -hmm. Um, You could be inspired by trains. You could be inspired by the era. In fact, I made, um, which one was it? 
Vogue 9147, which was a very easy Vogue. It has this big oversized collar and pockets. Uh, I made that one, I think, about a year ago in a vintage style cotton, and I called it the Agatha Christie dress because it's the particular kind of green that you see on the front of Penguin Classics. So it just mm. really reminded me of those, those those classic mysteries, and so that's why I thought something like that would be a lot of fun um, to work with because, of course, it's set in the 30s, so that's yeah, an era yeah. where you can really um, go very different ways, and I immediately thought of if you wanted to be very glamorous, you could use that McCall's uh, 7154. Uh, you know, that's that gown with all the inset pieces that a few people have made that I've seen. And it's just very, very, like, I think it's mostly bias cut because it, it's just fitted so beautifully and has all these pieces and people have been making it of satins and it's this floor length gown. It's absolutely beautiful it's, because I think it really is that 30s style of, of sylph-like fashion, right? So I probably wouldn't make it because it looks really hard, <laughs> but I can see someone does, else yeah. making it who who is really good at, at sewing all these fancy, slippery, bias fabrics. But it's a I'm gorgeous, looking at you, Helena. I'm looking at you yeah. because I know that you recently sewed something that was very much inspired by that 30s bias um, gown style. Uh, right. What was that one? Remind me. Well, I, I did sew a bias dress recently, and let me tell you that I am not in a hurry to do that again. That was so hard. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. It looks very hard. Fair enough. <laughs> Especially I did it in a stripe so that the bias would really show because it was for a contest, and I wanted to, you know, push myself. Oh, my goodness. Keeping that, um, keeping that on grain or, you know, bias grain was so difficult. Oh, my goodness. It's just very tricky looks very challenging to do that well so mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. but they do fit beautifully mm -hmm. yeah they that era the 1930s gowns are just mm -hmm. to die for and yeah just absolutely mm -hmm. beautiful and the 1920s okay oh i love everybody's so super excited about the 20s because of downton abbey right and sort of the the lead up That's from right. the the late teens into the 20s so something like the great gatsby set in new york oh, in 1920s yes. would be really super fun to use mm -hmm. as an inspiration as well. Well, I think if, if you are someone who sews regularly, I think you have a visual imagination um, when you're, at least I find when I'm reading, I'm always visualizing the setting and the characters and I'm always very interested when they describe what they're wearing. Yeah. So so I, I like to see that as, as an indication of the character and, and uh, the, their social class and the way they interact. And sometimes clothing is so important in, in those quick descriptions. I, I just find it fascinating. So I, I would like to see what other people are, are thinking when they're reading these books. Yeah, me too. I agree. So much fun. Yeah. And the opportunity to dis to get to discuss the book as well, I think is, is really just a, mm -hmm. for people who love reading and love books and also love to sew. This is perfect. So Yay! exciting. <laughs> well, I know there's a lot of sewing librarians out there as well. So I'm hoping that they'll, uh, they'll weigh in on this as well. Yeah. Great. Fantastic. Yeah. So this is probably a good time for us to invite our listeners to the podcast to uh, to pitch in with their ideas for what would make great books to do a literary sew along. Uh, and also whether um, whether they've ever sewed anything that was inspired by something they read or even something that they saw in a movie. But uh, yeah, so 
clothesmakingmavens.com is uh, the place to go to find out all the ways that you could call in and leave us a message and tell a story about, you know, tell us about the, the, the plot of the book and the characters in the book and why it was a great book and what inspires you about it. We'd love to hear from you. So uh, please do get in touch and we'll make sure to pass on any tips we get to you, Melanie, as you set up this literary so along and get it rolling. Oh, that would be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is going to be this going to be a fun adventure for sure. Yeah, I think so. And and right now it's just a sew along. So when people are sharing their their makes and discussing the book, um, it's just for fun, just just to participate if you can. And it it's just a creative exercise for anyone of any sewing level. So it's not a competition. It's not a contest. Um, we're just doing it for fun. Um, but I can't rule out maybe some literary prizes sometime in the future. But for right now we'll just we'll just do it for the joy of making oh that sounds so great and speaking of the joy of making what are you what have you two got on your sewing tables right now yeah what are you making melanie well actually i have something kind of vintage inspired which uh, i don't usually make a lot of directly vintage inspired things but i've just cut out a mccall's pattern or is it a butterick it's a butterick pattern I can't remember the number, but it's, um, I think it was in their, either their retro or their costume line, but I thought it would make a very wearable, normal day dress. So I've just cut that one out um, of a very beautiful sort of faded tealy, vintagey rayon that I just bought. It's a brand new fabric, but it has a vintage feel to it. But as I'm cutting out, I'm realizing it's, it's very, a very stretchy sort of rayon. Rayon's tricky. Mm-hmm. crinkle rayon so I'm not sure how it's going to work out so I don't know if I'll ever actually appear in it uh, as a finished product but I'm, I'm going to keep trying because it's a, it's a beautiful fabric and then um, I do have a Vogue summer dress cut out ready to sew um, so once once I'm done the two projects that I've already cut out I really really want to get to a new pattern that I'm really excited by um, the Jennifer Lauren laneway dress that is a pretty new pattern I've seen a few people making it uh, up so far and I really love Jennifer Lauren's aesthetic mm-hmm. she has a very you know simple and, and vintage inspired look and this dress just looks amazing it looks like a perfect dress for work um, which I always love to have nice dresses at work because it's fun to uh, <laughs> to work and and feel good in a nice handmade item mm-hmm. um, and and people who know I sew always want to see what I'm wearing it's very amusing but um it's it's a lot of fun so that's the next thing I have that I really want to make is the laneway dress so we'll see how that goes sounds great what about what about you Helena uh I have just a couple things that I need to finish up I don't have anything exciting but I keep making jackets again stupid um because it's too (laughs) hot here to even wear pants let alone jackets I don't know but I did make a very uh, fun. It's a. I made it into a dress because I can't leave a pattern alone. It it's supposed to be like a tunic, but then so I made the tunic as my muslin, and then I made a dress, and so it's like a tank top, um, loose with a pleat in the front, so it's not too snug. And then the back has this. It's like a racer back that's gathered, and then it's got straps. Um, I posted a little sneak peek on my um instagram because i love the fabric so much it's a rayon also melanie so i know your pain like it's such a so difficult to work with and i ended up having to just um go ahead and line most of it anyway and i think that helped with the shifting a bit because yeah it just trying to um any kind of neckline in a rayon i you just got to stabilize the heck out of it and this is 
got those spaghetti straps, so it was it was oh, really boy. difficult to do. But mm-hmm. um, that one, I even made a muslin and everything, but because the dress is so heavy, because I made tiers kind of like in a peasant style to, to make it longer, um, it got so heavy that it's pulling on the sides and showing my bra on the sides. So oh, I'm going to have to... Yeah, I'm going to have to um, jerry-rig that. So I don't have anything to show anyone um, <laughs> lately. <laughs> Nothing's been on the blog because I've just, you know, when you get on those things, you're really excited about them and they're almost done. And then you do realize there's something on it that's going to bug you. You're, mm-hmm. You can't, it's not finished. You know that you have to complete it. But the enthusiasm for that project has waned because <laughs> it's not living up to your wildest dreams that you had. I feel like that about actually three projects right now but I what I am excited about um is the Inari dress that I just finished and I had said that uh, I wanted to make more of those and I finally did and I love it so much I've worn it a bunch it's just out of this crepe um and I did take the time to line it with like a a little bit of knit and it's so easy to wear again with the shift like shift straight dresses I love them now is that your second Inari or third I've lost track now I know you've made it at least once before yeah um this is my second wearable I made a muslin uh, as a pajama that no one saw but out of this ladybug Mm -hmm. fabric but yeah Yeah. it's so easy to make and nice and then I did line this one again just um because I find that those shift dresses, I like them out of the slinkier fabrics, but then I don't feel overly confident wearing just, you know, one layer of that kind of fabric on my whole person, you know, all the way down. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've had to line them, unfortunately. <laughs> it really slows mm-hmm. it down. It's right, an easy pattern, yeah. but it slows it down. What do you mean? It's funny that you mentioned... Well, it's funny that you mentioned that the first one, the first Inari you made uh, became pajamas because as soon as I made my Inari, I thought I need to make another one for pajamas because it's so So common. It is secret pajamas, Mm -hmm. especially if you do it in a in a jersey uh, knit. Fantastic. So yeah, it's actually on my list to make into pajamas. Um, But I actually don't have anything on my cutting table right now because as you may know, my cutting table, my sewing table is the dining room table. And we've had a lot of visitors lately and and guests staying in our house. So I've had to sadly clean it off and keep it clean for a while. Oh, that's a shame. (laughs) But I did churn out a lot this summer and I've got a lot of uh, stuff lined up for the blog, including a really cute satin shell type top that I made using a free pattern from How to Do Fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the, the name of the pattern company. It's, it's a woman named Nana who runs it. And she's, I believe from, uh, I believe she's Danish, possibly Swedish. I could, may have gotten that wrong. Um, but yeah, it's super cute, retro styled, nipped in at the waist with a slight flare below the waist um, and a high boat neck. And I made it out of a super cute uh, custom printed satin from Spoonflower with sort of like an Asian Japanese garden style print on it, which I cannot, I am absolutely weak in the knees, completely helpless against any kind of Asian garden style print on fabric. <laughs> like I just, here's my wallet, take everything. I want all of that fabric as soon as I see it. So, uh, yeah, so I'm pretty pleased with that and, uh, yeah, I'll be posting that soon. Excellent. We'll look Fun. forward to seeing That's, it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been so awesome, you two. It's so great to chat with you both mm-hmm. and lovely to meet you, Melanie, over over our podcast here. Well, thank you for yeah, having thank me. Thank you so much for joining us. 
It's so great to have a third voice and to share in our crazy obsession. I love it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And two obsessions for you, right, Melanie? And I, I read right. every night before bed as well. So I'm delighted to be able to combine these two interests and passions into something. So we look, we're really looking forward to the literary sew along, and we'll be sure to keep everyone abreast of it through our blogs and through Wonderful. this podcast. That's yeah, exciting. Thank you. Thank you both. Happy reading and happy sewing. To you too. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to this episode of the Clothes Making Mavens podcast. For more information and more episodes, visit clothesmakingmavens.com. We would love to hear from you. You'll find options for sending us an email, leaving a comment, or even a voicemail on clothesmakingmavens.com. Hope to hear from you soon, and thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.